0: Welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops podcast. This is our season preview series. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by Super Chicks, the home of the Last True Chicken Sandwich. Visit their website for their menu and locations at superchicks.com. And remember, it's chicks with an X.com. The 2022-2023 season is just days away. And so it's time to knock out some season previews. On this episode, we head to the great state of Washington to take a look at the two teams that duke it out every year on the gridiron and on the hardwood for the Apple Cup. That's right, the Washington Huskies and the Washington State Cougars. But first, I want to remind you that you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Running Hoops. You can subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple or Spotify or anywhere You get a podcast. Those things always help. Well, let's jump right into it, and let's talk a little Huskies. So just so you know, let me peel back the curtain here for a second. I was going to insert some sound of a Husky howling, but it made my dog stare at me, and she's still giving me the stink eye, so I think I'm going to pass on that. But let's talk about the Washington Huskies. Last year, they finished sixth in the Pac-12 with a record of 17-15, and And eleven and nine in Pac-12 play. There was no postseason for Washington. They are coached by Mike Hopkins, who has been there for five years now, with an, with a record of eighty five and seventy five and forty five and forty eight in the Pac-12. They lost sixty five percent of their point production from a year ago, so only returning thirty five percent. And in the preseason, Ken Palm, they're ranked outside of the top one hundred. They're number one thirteen, and right now. They are not listed in Joe Lenardi's Bracketology. Now, here are three names you know. Jamal Bay, the fifth-year senior, has been a solid player for the Huskies over the years. He's averaged 9.4 points per game last year to go along with four rebounds per game. He'll really be one of the glue guys that holds the Huskies together this season. Noah Williams. Williams transfers in from Washington State, where he averaged 9.5 points per game Three rebounds per game, two assists per game. He also has the only distinction of having earned two really guy awards from the podcast. Nevertheless, he comes in as a senior who will look to make his mark in Seattle. And then Frank Kepnang, the other of the two interconference transfers that Washington got. Kepnang comes over from Oregon, having averaged only 4.7 points and three rebounds per game. But with that Washington zone, he could certainly be a big-time presence. Washington kind of has this history of having bigs that look the part but come up small in big games. So the question for Frank Kepning will be, which is he, right? Now here are three names you should know. Keon Brooks Jr. Brooks Jr. was one of the bigger splash transfers in the Pac-12 this season, and he is the only player on Washington's team who averaged in double figures last year at 10.8 points per game, and again, that's at Kentucky. Mike Hopkins has said that he is the perfect fit for the Husky system, and I suspect that he'll be called on to be one of their primary scorers. Up next, we've got Cole Badgema, or Bahima? Again, with these pronunciations, I, I don't know. But I do know how to pronounce Cole, so Cole Had an up-and-down season last year for Washington after transferring from Michigan, but he's a sharpshooter that only averaged 5.4 points per game last year, but he lit the Utes up for 15 in the Huskies' comeback win in Salt Lake City. Washington has seemingly always relied on the three ball a little bit, and so Cole could be poised for a big year in Seattle. And then finally, Braxton Mee, another transfer on the Huskies roster. This time he comes in from Fresno State. Now he figures to be a backup to Frank Kecknang, but he's 7-1. And the way that they play that zone defense, and we talked about this with Kepnang, he could be a problem for teams that try to go inside to break up that zone. Now as you look at the schedule for the Huskies, they've got a bunch of games with ties to the state of Utah and ties to the running Utes. Two of the home games that they play early, they open with Weber State on November 7th and then host Utah Tech on November 14th. On November 17th, they host Cal Baptist and former running Ute Riley Batten. Then they get into their MTE, which is the Wooden Legacy, and that's just a four-team event, so it's over two days, November 24th and 25th. In that, they open against Fresno State, and then they would get the winner of St. Mary's or Vanderbilt. Now, check this out. They've got a road game at Gonzaga, which is part of a multi-year series. That game is on December 9th. Then they host Auburn in the return game of a home-and-home on December 21st. So, much like Utah, the schedule really builds to two big games in December for Washington. They only play Utah once this year, and that is on January 21st in Salt Lake City. And dare I say... The Utes owe these guys after the comeback win in Salt Lake last year where Utah was up 14 and blew that lead and the double overtime game in Washington where Utah lost to say nothing of the Pac-12 tournament where they got the clean sweep on the running Utes. So what are some of the key questions or storylines in 2022 for the Washington Huskies? Well, we start with yet another hot seat question, and that is, how warm is Mike Hopkins' seed seat in Seattle? He came out of the gate really, really strong, but he's not been able to recapture what he had with guys like Matisse Theibel and David Crisp. Washington's got a ton of talent, but can Hopkins put it together this season and get themselves back in the upper half of the Pac-12 and potentially into the NCAA tournament? And to that end, what will this defense look like? Everyone talks about the Syracuse zone that they run and how difficult that is, but When you go 17 and 15, the zone isn't nearly as intimidating as one might think it is. So how is that defense this year going to be? And then who will replace Terrell Brown Jr.? Brown Jr. was a first-team all-conference player a year ago. He averaged 21 points per game, leading the league, had it not been for a guy named Ben Matherin bursting onto the scene. He's probably the player of the year in the Pac-12. He also led the league in steals and was fourth in assists. So how does Washington replace all of that production? Is it going to be Keon Brooks alone, or is it going to be more by committee? I think that's an interesting storyline to watch for the Huskies this season. So, who is the breakout candidate in Seattle? A player who averaged less than 10 per game last season. And this one is tough because they bring back or bring in six seniors, but only one of them, Keon Brooks Jr., averaged over double figures. So, I'm going to go with Cole Bahima, Cole Bajma. I feel like Washington has a history of relying on the three. I mentioned that before. And Bajma might just be that guy who delivers for them if they have any shot of being at the top half in the league. Now, where were they picked in terms of the media projections? It was a kind of a wide swath uh, for the Huskies. The Pac-12 media picked them ninth in the league. CBS sports had them seventh. The ESPN Roundtable had them in an eight to 10 range. The almanac was the highest on them at six. And then my pick, I had the Huskies eight. So Certainly a wide range of outcomes for Washington based on the preseason projections. All right, we tackle their Apple Cup foes, the Washington State Cougars, right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Are you so excited for the college basketball season that you can't sleep? Well, I might have a solution for you. Pillow Fight. Pillow Fight helps you invest in your rest. Their premium pillows and bedding products will change your life without emptying your wallet. Go to pillow-fight.com to check them out and enter the promo code RUNNINGHOOPS at checkout for 20%. That's right, 20% off your first purchase. Again, that website, pillow-fight.com, that promo code RUNNINGHOOPS. All right, well, we now head over to the Palouse to take a look at the Washington State Cougars. Last year they finished 7th in the Pac-12 with a final record of 23-15 and 11-9 in league play. In the postseason, they went to the final four of the NIT where they lost to Texas A&M. Kyle Smith has been there for three seasons now and has a record of 53-44, but just 24-33 in Pac-12 play. The Cougars lost 63% of their point production from a year ago so that means they return just 37% of their production. In the preseason Ken Palm rankings, they are 71. For those counting at home, that's just one ahead of the Runnin' Utes. And right now, in bracketology, they are not projected to go to the NCAA tournament. Now here are three names you know. Mohamed Gay started 33 of the Cougars' 35 games a year ago, playing 21 minutes a game. He only averaged 7.4 points per game and five rebounds, but that was enough to have him on the NBA radar. He declared for the draft and entered the transfer portal in the offseason, but he ultimately decided to return to Pullman. With FAO Begidi gone and Deshaun Jackson beginning the season not with the team, Gay has an opportunity to really shine early for Washington State, T.J. Bamba. This guy is built like a linebacker, and he returns as Washington State's leading scorer by a very thin margin over Muhammad Gay at 7.7 points per game. With the departures in the backcourt, he figures to be one of the guys that takes a big-time step up this season and moves into kind of a leadership role for the Cougars. And then you've got D.J. Rodman. Yes, son of Dennis Rodman. This is another player who figures to see an increase in minutes and production from a year ago. Rodman only averaged four points and four boards for the Cougars last season, but this is a high-energy player, and Washington will need that early on as they try to mesh everybody on this roster together. And, we, and we've seen how high-energy guys work, especially in places like Washington State where it's a smaller arena and that crowd can really get after you. DJ Rodman could have a big impact this year. Now, here are three names that you should know. Justin Powell. Powell's a transfer from Tennessee that folks in the college basketball universe are buzzing about. He was stuck behind some really talented players at Tennessee, but most people think he'll break out in Pullman. In a similar category, Jabe Mullins. He transfers in from St. Mary's. He averaged just three points per game last year, but people seem to really love him, and so he figures to be a big part of what Washington State does this season. And then I'm going to cheat here a little bit and give you two other names you should know. Adrame Diong and Mile Haman Crispin, two freshman bigs that will play alongside Muhammad Gay as long as Deshaun Jackson is out. Diong was a four-star top 100 player that was considered to be a big get at the time for Washington State, and Crispin is a French big man that a lot of teams were on during his recruitment including Utah. Now as we look at Washington State's schedule and you remember from last year this was the key they gave themselves almost no margin for error with their non-conference schedule. So what did they do to address that this off season? Well, they've got some big games and some big opportunities do the Cougars and it starts on November 12th. They play Boise State in a neutral site game in Boise. It's not at Boise's arena but it's somewhere in Boise so it's like a quasi neutral quasi home game for Boise. Same thing with UNLV. They play the Rebels on December 10th in Las Vegas, again not on UNLV's home court. They play Baylor on December 18th in Texas, Dallas to be precise. They play in a late MTE late in the year, MTE the Diamond Head Classic. This is over Christmas. From December 22nd through the 25th, they open this tournament against George Washington University, and then they would get Hawaii or Pepperdine, and then one of Iona, Utah State, Seattle, or SMU. They host Utah on December 1st and play in Salt Lake January 19th. And so there's a couple of things that are interesting here. Number one, when they host Utah, that'll just be their third home game of the season. They open at home. On November 7th against Texas State, they have a game against Detroit Mercy before they play Utah, and then all of their other games are either road games or neutral. It's crazy. So that'll be just their third home game. But having said all that, I think that because of all of the disparate pieces that Kyle Smith is bringing together and the potential for no Deshaun Jackson for that first game between the Utes and the Cougars, that this is a very gettable road game for the Utes on December 4th and would be a big-time win for them to start Pac-12 play. But, we're talking about the Cougars here. So, what are the key storylines and questions that we have for Washington State as we head into this season? Well, after being the darlings of the Pac-12 last season, is this the year that Washington State breaks through with a little less focus on them, right? Last year, they had no margin for error with their schedule, And they lost all of the games that they needed to win in order to be considered a tournament team. This year, they've beefed up their schedule, but can they break through in the Pac-12? Can they be a top half of the league Pac-12 team? Friend of the podcast, Josh Newman, has them fifth in his preseason poll. To that end, how will these pieces all come together? Right, We talked about them losing 63% of their offensive production from a year ago, and a guy like Noah Williams going over to the dark side at Washington but they bring back a preseason all-conference big in Muhammad Gay plus T.J. Bamba and these transfers. But is Kyle Smith going to be able to bring those pieces together quickly enough to win those non-conference games and put together a tournament resume? I think that for this team this year, having that later MTE and have it not be as loaded could be a really good thing for Washington State. Now, without Deshaun Jackson on the squad Early in the season, who steps up in his absence? We know Muhammad Gay is going to be there, but who among the other new guys and young bigs will step in for Washington State? And then finally, who's the dude? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Washington State has had several scorers roll through this program. Malachi Flynn, C.J. Ellerby, Tyrell Roberts, and even Noah Williams. Who's going to be that guy for Washington State, that guy that's just gonna go get you a bucket no matter what the circumstances. TJ Bomba is the most likely candidate, but St. Mary's transfer, Jabe Mullen, he comes in with some fanfare. So, who's the breakout candidate for the Cougars this year? It's gotta be Muhammad Gay, right? He averaged less than 10 points per game last year, and so he qualifies for this category, right? This is a guy that's on the NBA radar. He's a former four-star, top 150 recruit. I think he becomes the superstar they need him to be, and he really breaks out this season. Now, where did the Pac-12 media pick him? Well, I told you about our buddy Josh Newman had him fifth. The rest of the sports media in the Pac-12, not as high on the Cougars. They picked them eighth. CBS Sports has the Cougars eighth. The ESPN Roundtable put them at six, seven. And then the Almanac has them at nine, and they also have Muhammad Gay as the defensive player of the year. My pick, I've got Washington State at six. They're not necessarily in a situation like Stanford is, where it's like now or never, but I have talked all offseason about how they're kind of running out of excuses. Kyle Smith is in his fourth year, and when you talk about year four of a rebuild, you should be in that upper echelon of your conference if everything is going according to plan. So that is a look at Washington and Washington State. I want to thank you, as always, for listening. You can follow the podcast at Running Hoops on Twitter. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get a podcast. But on those platforms, you can also rate and review the show. I would appreciate it if you do that because that helps out the podcast. But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Running Hoops podcast. And as always... Go use.